When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. I have no idea what the Vikings are. Are the Vikings good? No clue. I have no They're good for, like, like if you watch, like, a, they have, like, the best six minutes of, like, anybody. Like, they have a tight 10. You know, like a stand-up comedian. Like, they have a tight 10 that they could do every game. But I don't know how if they could do a whole special. Like, I don't know if they can last an hour, an hour and a half, because there's some times where I'm like, man, this offense looks freaking awesome. Like, their opening script looks awesome. They come out of the half, like, against the Lions, and they, they adjust how their run game's going to go because, like, they realize that the Lions are double-teaming Jefferson. So they do this, this, and this. And then, then like, Cousins becomes Cousins, turns into a pumpkin, or just, like, it looks lethargic. A guy trips over himself. The, the old line can't hold up. I have no idea. <laughs> that was... That was Nate Tyson and Robert Mays on the the Ringer, or not the Ringer. You, Robert Mays used the to be athletic. the Ringer. Now it's the Athletic Football Show. I don't know. It's a fairly spot on analysis of like the Vikings. You're, we think they're good. A tight in fact, 10. we're going to get into this today. A tight ten. That's yeah, a can they life. do an hour Netflix special? I don't know, ah. but they can get up there and slay a room for twelve minutes. But the question <laughs> is this: As you watch games, how many teams in this league right now can do an hour special? That's the thing. Yeah, well, the Bills, I mean, the, the, the Chiefs Bills did can. like a 45-minute yeah. special after they didn't yep. show for the first 15 right. last night. Right? The Bills definitely can, okay? The Bills, are, the, the Bills, and I, I think it's safe to say, what, five games in, Philadelphia deserves credit. They're perfect. Yeah, but they're like the, they're, they're like they're the comedian that this is their first special and they came yeah. out hot and like, okay, can you, can you keep, can you keep doing producing it? specials? Yeah. I don't know. There are a lot of shows that are currently being canceled. That's my point in this league. Yeah, I think like they're yeah. having the plug pulled. The Packers now might be canceling their Netflix special. Yeah, exactly, Louis C.K. right now. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't get canceled because <laughs> this is Purple Daily Daily Vikings Entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, our executive producer, Declan Goff. The show is presented by our friends over at TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Also, we're counting down the days here. You guys, uh, I'm going to be on a giant screen like Frank Thomas at the steroid hearings 15 years ago. uh, Because I'm I'm going to travel to see my dad next week. But um, you guys are going to be at Surly Brewing Company rocking and rolling for a live vent line this weekend. Mm -hmm. That's right. On on. Sunday, in fact, it's going to be a watch party that's then going to morph into 
Ventline postgame, but we will be there for the entire game, which obviously kicks off at noon, and we encourage you to join us. Why should you? Well, I mean, what the heck? It's the, it's the hat trick of football, right? We can talk Vikings. We, we can sip on Furiouses and Before I Die, of which I've been told there will be cans there that can be purchased. And and then post game, we can all either celebrate a Vikings win or talk about a possible defeat. But the point is, it's going to be a chance for the Purple Daily family. And you are all included in that family to gather at Surly Brewing to have a great time. The first of two watch parties, the second will be November 6th for the Washington game. So put that on your calendar now. But we want to see you this Sunday, Dolphins Vikings. Yes. All right. You know. I actually think I'm going to call an audible here with you guys. Whoa. We were going to we were going to put the where do the Vikings rank pigskin pecking order I'm later in the show. To, I don't know. I don't know about what can can know. can no can 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 seven no no timeout red seven no don't don't burn a timeout don't burn a no, timeout no no timeout I'm panicking no, no save those timeouts no, save for those late timeouts. in the half come on I just panicked I just panicked. Okay, we're gonna so later we're gonna get into to what extent are we buying into the Vikings. That's okay. what we were going to lead with. But I think this sets up better if we go through our pigskin pecking order oh, right now. Oh, okay. Boys. All right. Okay. okay. So we're going to do this right now. Football. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I know that we had our scripted plays off the top here, but we can make adjustments on the fly. We can do it. So every week, the three of us go into our little football ranking caves, and we each produce a top 10 ranking, and then also where the Vikings rank. So far this season, we've had the Vikings in our top 10 because they've been off to a really good start. Yep. We put our our three individual rankings into one aggregate blender, and we have essentially the Purple Daily pigskin packing order, according to the Purple Daily CEO, that's me, the CBO, the clickbait officer, Declan, oh. and the chief beverage distribution officer, Judd. Okay? Let's start with the number one team in the NFL, according to us, the Buffalo Bills. That's pretty much been the same all season. Judd and I both have them number one. Declan has them a little lower, like number three, but collectively they equal number one. Mm-hmm. We all love the Philadelphia Eagles. We don't love them, but like we respect them. They're great. Off to a good start. Number three, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. Nice comeback win last down by 17. Was it 17 rip in that game last yes. night? Yes, it was. Yeah, four touchdown passes to Travis Kelsey alone. That's a nice mm. evening. Aggressive. Yep. And you'll see now why I wanted to start the show with this, because tied for fourth oh. in our pigskin packing order is the Minnesota Vikings. You like that? You like that? Tied with the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. So we'll come back to this here. But we collectively have the Vikings as the fourth best team in the NFL in our pigskin packing order. Wow. Dallas Cowboys jumping to six. Cooper Rush undefeated in his career as a starting quarterback. Yep. And about to be benched. <laughs> yes. San Francisco 49ers with an amazing defense and enough explosive plays on offense. Number seven, Tampa Bay Bucks holding in there. Yeah, they're yeah. maybe going to peak later at some point. Number eight, New York Giants. A lot of smoke and mirrors, but it's working to this point. They're winning a lot of games. They beat the Packers in London. Number nine. And then number 10, still the Miami Dolphins. Ooh. Hanging strong there. Uh, Judd, you and I did not have the Dolphins ranked. Declan, uh, you still have them seventh. Yeah, I think if some of this is like their quarterback situation yes. puts them outside the 10, but yes. you're giving them credit for the way they looked before the quarterback thing happened. Correct. Right. Correct. So, so there it is. So Bills, Eagles, Chiefs, Vikings tied for four with the Ravens. 
Cowboys 6, Niners 7, Bucks 8, Giants 9, Dolphins 10. And this is where we each had the Vikings. Declan, you have the Vikings, the fourth best team in the NFL. Judd has them fifth. I have them sixth. So collectively, again, we have them as the as a top five team in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Let's just start the conversation on this show right there. Are the Vikings? I mean, you guys, I have them sixth, but, you know, you guys have them as one of the five best teams in the NFL. Are the Vikings a top five team in the NFL right now? The Vikings are because after, so go, if you can, go back to the oh, wow. Wow. original wow. list. I'm calling oh, graphics team. Now, now you talk audible. about an audible. You talk about an audible. How about this, huh? A little Tom Brady for you. A little Joe Montana. Cool, calm, and collected. That's right. Um, so if you go back, well, I did. Did but you I call blurred. another timeout there? Yeah. Have you no, no, I audible. Oh, I, I audible in shows. Well, now Incredible. the play clock's running down. So you know what, talk, you guys, just everyone, talk, calm down. Talk, I've really talk. found myself. So anyway, um, so here's the so the answer to your question, in my opinion, is this right now. After the third team, you could throw a bunch of these teams in, in a hat and start to pick them out, and I probably would be would be fine aside from the Dolphins right now with any ranking that you came up with. Well, and so, then if you go beyond these 10, yeah. and I'm not, like, I am I had the Chargers 9 and the Packers 10. Judd, you had the Chargers 10. So, so like, I dropped the got, Packers out last week. So Packers have Aaron Rodgers still outside the 10. Chargers yeah. have a bunch of injuries, but Justin Herbert still outside the 10. The Rams won the Super Bowl last year and are on a bunch of backup offensive linemen out of the 10. The Bengals, so the, the team's knocking on the door here mm-hmm. who have great quarterbacks and yes. ch- and you know even championship pedigrees in some cases. It's just an interesting collection, you're right, after the top three. And th- the point being is after those three, I don't trust this at all. So like the Vikings now, it's a, it's a fun story. And yes, they are probably often making life too interesting for their own good, especially against the Bears. But that being said... You know, I mean, they're a fun team, and again, they are a team that I don't, I really don't think had like a ton of outside expectations. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that this is, I think that this is the Vikings could be fourth, the Vikings could be tenth, and I guess I am not wedded to anything about these rankings beyond those top three, th- top three teams, of which I think those three teams seem to be pretty damn legitimate. Yeah, when you start to play the game of. Like, if you just rank based on records, then, yeah, they're one of the top five teams in the NFL. But if you start to play the game of, okay, if the Ravens and Vikings played each other on a neutral field right now, who would be favored? Right. I think it's probably a, a coin toss. I think I think it would literally right. be like a pick'em game. Uh, if the Vikings played the 49ers in a neutral site game, who would be? these would be all within, like, three-point spreads, most likely, neutral site, yes. one way or the other. I think Vikings would be favored right now over the Giants. They are a three-point favorite in Miami right now this weekend, but some of that's the quarterback uncertainty. And the Cowboys right now are red hot with Cooper Rush, who's not going to start. So, like, there's just, there's, there is just so much, to me, uncertainty there. Um, to, to your point, the Buccaneers might find it. You know, Brady's personal life might calm down a bit. Mm-hmm. They might get hot. Who knows? So there's just, I think the next month, month to month and a half is going to present a real evolution of those rankings that's going to get us to a place where I feel far more certainty than I do right now. Brady said there's a lot of bad football, right? There's a lot of bad football in the first month at the podium, I think, last week. And and, and Judd brought up 
a few weeks ago, I think it was with Chipper on Purple Access, that the first month of the season is basically the new preseason. Because there's only now, what, three preseason games. Really, there's only like one series or two that offense's first team are getting out there in the preseason. Um, but, I mean, the Ravens could be undefeated right now. The Ravens should be undefeated right now, but they've been blowing leads in the fourth quarter, right? So there's insane amount of parity after those top three dogs in the Eagles, Chiefs, and Bills. After that, yeah, you can probably throw them in a stew, but I think just from what we've watched, what I have watched, I won't put words in your guys' mouth, but what from I have watched from the Vikings, I think that they are legitimately the fourth or fifth best team in the NFL. Yeah, I think I have them. I'm I have them the lowest of all of us. I have them sixth just because some of their process feels unsustainable. But then you look at, in fact, let's all right. Let's just get into the next uh, topic here. I guess that was your pigskin packing order for the week because I've I've got some thoughts on sort of to what extent I am bought into this, but I want to throw the question out to you guys first here. Okay, so to what extent are you buying into this as a legitimate contender now? I know we all have them kind of top five right now. But as right. you start to project forward, to what extent are you buying Vikings stock the rest of the season? For a contender, like like a playoff one, too, that, that can make a run through the playoffs? or Like just a, like for a the team that can season? do a little damage in the playoffs. Like, a, I would say... To what extent are you buying Viking stock with an eye on like eleven regular season wins yep. and do a little damage in the playoffs, whether it's win a game or two? Oh and boy, them, and just be in there without substantial improvement on defense that I don't know that they can make. I'm not. Um, I think you get in the playoffs, and I think you're in trouble immediately with that defense. With the team that's going to have a game plan, that's probably going to be a competitive team. Um, the offense is evolving, and I actually – I'm not down on what they're doing offensively because, again, as I said on Monday's show, I think week by week you, you begin to see things, and, and for the most part they're encouraging. But this defense, I mean, this defense scares me. This defense is not – is it's not that it's allowing a ton of points, but you can see, like, if you were to scout this team for a playoff game, it's got so many holes. And look, I mean – the fact is this, if Daniil Hunter's play does not pick up, you're just flat out in trouble. You are just in trouble, and it's not yet. So I'm not I'm not buying this. I'm buying this as a feel-good pop-up team that should have massive expectations going into 2023. But if we're talking about, hey, can they get in the playoffs and make some noise, I think they get snuffed out pretty quickly in the playoffs. I think it depends where it is. If this game is home, I wouldn't say it's a, a gigantic concern that if you hosted a wild card game at U.S. Bank Stadium, that oh my God, this could be an absolute disaster. In fact, I would say that'd be a great case scenario for the Vikings. Now, to Judd's point, if they're on the road and um, if they had to go into I don't know New York or San Francisco, yeah, a little bit of a different story. That's going to be a task. That's going to be a tough game. They're on the road. They're in potentially a cold weather and an interesting state. But if they're at home, if they win the division, if they have a wild card weekend game at U.S. Bank Stadium, the Vikings should win that game. I, 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 I'd be fair to say, too, no matter who it is, they will be favored and they should be able to win that game. So there's holes mm-hmm. on defense. They should be able to hopefully fix things. But I wouldn't call it a grave concern yet if this team was in the playoffs. I'm with Declan on this because I think we're so used to the Vikings are such a gravitational pull toward like eight or nine wins and Every 10 years, maybe, they'll win enough games in the regular season to play home playoff games and still wind up, you know, disappointing you. Or they have, or they play a home playoff game and then have to go on the road or something, you know, in the NFC Championship game. But if you can, this is where I'm bought in. They're off to a hot enough start and their mm-hmm. offense is starting to click enough mm-hmm. and their schedule is favorable enough 
to where they shouldn't have to be clawing their way to nine wins to get in anymore. So you should be eyeing a division win and a home playoff game. I don't know that you're eyeing a bye in the first round because only one team gets that, and the Eagles are essentially two games up on you because of the tiebreaker, and they just look like a more honed team right now. Yep. But part of this is can you just win enough games in the regular season to not have to go on the road in the first round and play the Niners or something? Because that game, and by the way, that Eagles game probably looks a little different at U.S. Bank Stadium too. The fact that you have to go on the road and deal with the crowd noise, and in this case, week two, dealing with a new system and stuff, that game might look different in a week than it did a month ago just because of how much more comfortable, offensively anyways, the Vikings feel. I think it comes down to one thing. It depends on in a, a potential wild card game here. I think it comes down to who is the opposing quarterback. Um, because Jared Goff here had success. And at first I thought, man, Jared Goff's improved. But then Justin Fields came in and bounced back. Maybe half. he's improved too, though. So, right. But but I'm saying if you get like well, the Dan- third string quarterback Daniel from the Dolphins looks exactly. improved. Exactly. Looks great. That's my problem. <laughs> the other thing, too, and you know what? This isn't brought up much now, and, and, and we've been brainwashed into believing it's the truth. But I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to throw out, and, and Phil, you have sent me texts while watching games uh, from home, sort of observing this, and, and they've been curious texts. But I'd like to delve into this just a bit. What does that mean? Okay. You said I'm sending sta- you curious text during games. The stadium uh. seems the stadium seems a little bit quiet. Okay. The stadium seems a little bit quiet at times. What's going on? Like, you know, because you're used to the old Metrodome days where they definitely piped in noise and stuff. But you know, I don't know for as much as O'Connell talks about this, and I do think that the field itself for the offense is an advantage. So I'm not saying that there aren't some good things here. I don't know that this stadium holds the noise or is as intimidating as the dome was. So, like, we all we always hear, you know, because o- O'Connell, God bless him, you know, our fans are great. And, look, the fans are great. It's not even their fault necessarily. But there's a certain amount of noise there that it's not like the dome. And I don't know that this is a scary place to play now. I think the dome was intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know that U.S. Bank Stadium is intimidating. And I will say this, and this is a byproduct of sports fans in this town today, and I don't blame you one bit. That place will get quiet quick. It's the Minnesota pucker, uh, Minnesota right, sports but I'm fan saying pucker those all, factor. So that, like, but for all, for all we used to say, and I do believe that the Dome held like this distinct, oh my God, you can't hear yourself think advantage. Yeah. U.S. Bank Stadium, in my opinion, does not hold that. I feel like we tend to be a more reactive fan base. We kind of react to the environment as it's playing out where if things are great and it's snowballing and the team's off to a hot start, the roar is going to be enormous. Third down, up by 10, it's late. Defense is going to pin its ears back, right? Like the crowd's going crazy. Yes. On the flip side, opposing team jumps out to a hot start, punches you in the mouth, and we get a little PTSD and just kind of... we. Whereas other fan bases, Philadelphia most notably, <laughs> they, will, will, they will try to dictate the environment. They will, they will, tr- and sometimes they'll dictate it by just like going at their own team. <laughs> True, um, but we, I think, I feel like we tend to be a little bit more of a reactionary fan base. That's accurate. 
Since the since U.S. Bank Stadium opened in 2016, only the Green Bay Packers have a better winning percentage at home in the NFC. So the yep. Vikings are 35 and 17, and then there's there's the uh, Steelers, Patriots, Chiefs are all above them as well. But but the Vikings have won most of their games. But Judd's right; there are still some pucker moments. There are still some oh god, and that's more of a Minnesota sports thing than I think it is um, the, like the stadium effect and all that stuff. Because typically they still have won the majority of their games at home. But I, I know what Judd's saying too. It's just not as loud too. Like like that that's not a fan fault or problem. It's, that's it's just the architecture. It, yeah, it doesn't hold. It does not hold the noise. Fire the architecture like the did like the the dome did. I, I just I always go back to, to the uh, Saints playoff game because when they when the team puckered in the second half, that place got pretty doggone quiet pretty quick, and it always felt like the dome had more of a a threat of taking off. So yeah, I think well, I think. Uh, Kind of back to the the initial question, which is to what extent are we buying into this Vikings team? Are you buying more stock right now for a, a big regular season win total, uh, a run in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. I am very much bought into this offense. And I'll tell you a cheap plug. Last night's <laughs> episode of Trenches with Boone, we did another little 20-minute. We did, we did 50 minutes and then 20 additional minutes of just breaking down a couple key plays in that game, the Jalen Rager shovel pass, and right. then the Justin Jefferson back pass to Dalvin Cook. And boy, you put a quarter in Booney, and he just, uh, he's excellent on this stuff. Love the film. And so after talking with him and getting more of his insight into just how creative of a play caller Kevin O'Connell is, and, and Alex thinks that he is setting things up for later in the season, too, with some of these, so he kind of yes. agrees with our sense. Yep. The last three weeks, this offense measurably is one of the best offenses in the NFL. Now you can say, well, it's the Lions and the Bears and, well, the Saints are kind of weird. It was a London game. And those are all valid points. It's a small sample size. But I think when you start to look at the way they're doing it, creative play calling, collaboration between coach and quarterback, it's not these big, like, fluky, bomb-down-the-field plays either. It's, it's, it's the opposite of that. The Vikings are sitting here as one of the shortest passing teams in the NFL, like average depth of target. So they're they're kind of paper cutting teams to death, which to me is even more impressive. That we're going to go get a touchdown on a on a eleven play drive, meticulously, methodically throwing eight yard passes. I'd like to see some more deep stuff at some point. Um, but if you look at points per game the last three weeks, they're top five. And if you look at, this is a little bit in the weeds, and we can do more of this on Thursday, uh, success rate, so percentage of how often are you successful on offense, and that means 40% of yards on first down, 60% of yards on second down, and then conversion on third and fourth. Mm -hmm. The Vikings are the number one offense in the NFL the last three weeks. Is it perfect? No. Have they disappeared a couple times? Yes. Do other teams disappear too? I mean, the Chiefs didn't even show up until you know, the second quarter last night. Yes. Um, but in general, this thing is starting to click. And so I, it, there are flaws on defense, like boxes I'm looking to check on defense are still wide open. Like we need to figure out if I'm a coaching staff, like what, it, how do we get pressure? Right. But on the offensive side, I am very bought into Kevin O'Connell. I'm very bought into the weapons. The offensive line is as good as it's been in years. Mm-hmm. And Kirk Cousins is very capable of driving a good car. Can he do it on the road against good opponents? Like, there's some things that we need to see still, but I'm uh, I'm definitely buying offensive stock going forward here. And I, ne- I never, um, I don't mean this as an 
insult to Cousins, but this is where I always talked about the puppeteer quarterback. If Kevin O'Connell can operate him, he can actually be fine. Now, now, is he going to be a statistical, just off the charts QB? Absolutely not, and that's fine. He might be, Um, though. He might be. Well, and and if, if he is, cool for him, too. The point is, can he through O'Connell leading him, get victories? And the answer is yes. The thing that I love, because I'm with you completely, offensively, they are scratching the surface. I don't even know if they have the complete personnel that they want yet. But you know what? Every game, I'm telling you, you see more. And and to me, the most important thing, and Boone's right, is every game you see more installed, too, like trick plays, creative plays. Mm. That pass, the Rager play was fantastic. And and he's right. That play, the Jefferson pass, all of that sets up more plays because now teams have seen this on film and they're looking out for it. And guess what? Next time you catch them with something else. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, though, I'm going to tell you this right now. I I think that unless they've got something up their sleeve, offensively, I think they do. I'm confident in that. Defensively, I'm not. I think they're going to go backwards. And I have real concern about their ability to adjust there unless they make some personnel changes. And I don't know that they – I think they're loath to do that. I just hope they don't do it too late. So and maybe I'm just being too optimistic and Pollyanna. I actually disagree with you on defense because I think most of their problems – not all of their problems, but most of their problems stem from just not getting pressure. And I struggle to believe that a team that employs Zadarius Smith healthy and Daniil Hunter healthy and still in his prime – is just not going to get pressure. How do you not get pressure at some point this season with those two guys on the field for like 60 snaps every day? So I just... Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like they're going to figure out that aspect. Now, are the aging linebackers right. going to get faster? No. Is Harrison Smith going to find a fountain of youth? No. So there's definitely Patrick Peterson. There's still some things. But the number one issue on this defense is they can't fluster quarterbacks. But you've got the personnel to do it. Delvin Tomlinson up front is actually fairly decent at this, too. Like, there's guys to do it. But the problem is when you play, so so this goes back to my question, who's the quarterback? Because you're right. If you get pressure on the right quarterback and now it's clicking, it's going to work. But if you get to the playoffs and you're facing a good QB, guess what? If you have then established uh, by that point that you can get pressure, the intermediate pass, the quick hit, Bang, guy's gone. Fifteen yards here, twenty yards there. Because of slow linebackers. Yes, and in yeah. in the middle. Uh, my question, more than pressure, right now, is this: How do you shore up the middle of the field? How do you take away that? Because those short passes are what consistently turn into twenty-yard gains. That's where that's where my concern is. I'm just saying, no. I see I see things offensively that I really like, and I think they're going to continue to go upward. Um, I don't know that I see things defensively that I say, oh yeah, the fix, like I see this. I just don't yet. And, and look, I go back to one question. Was Ed Donatel the right guy to hire? Like he knows the secret sauce, but he was at best the sous chef. Yeah, he's, I think he was just a guy to hire. I think he was, he's not defensive coordinator cook. He was a safe hire. Right, he was right. kind of like it was kind of like hiring Norv Turner to be your. Although Norv had head coaching experience, yeah, Nor, yeah, I liked that hire at the time, and I think Norv. I I have questions flat out about how good Ed is at this job. Mm-hmm. And those are valid questions. Those That's, are valid questions. So here's the here's the official list. I think after just digesting this conversation, uh-huh. the the boxes the Vikings need to check to be 
actual contenders that can maybe hunt for a first round bye, you know, win 12 games in the regular season, make some noise in the playoffs. The number one box is just defense in general, but get pressure. And then can you, can your veterans hold up on the back end? So there's just a giant defensive check box that still remains unchecked. I will add this box as well. How well can your offense perform on the road against good teams? You've only had one of those tests so far, and your offense Mm no-showed against the Eagles on the road. Yep. Some of this is a Kirk Cousins trend, some of it's offensive line, but you only really get maybe three chances to prove this this season the rest of the way. Miami kind of. Depends on who's starting a quarterback. Yeah, because if they start a third-string quarterback and they can't score points, then your offense doesn't. Now, if it was like the original version of the, of this Miami team from the first three weeks, and you need to go score thirty one to compete or more, that's a test in that heat. Yes, absolutely. Then there's the Buffalo road game, and then there's eventually the Green Bay road game. So I think you get like two and a half cracks at checking this box. So not not much. And then I would say there's another box of just the offense in key situations, like third down, red zone, late game comebacks pressure when the opposing team starts getting pressure on you last week they checked pretty much all of these they checked the third down box they were 12 of 15 they checked and they've been checking late game comebacks for the last month um they're starting to check red zone and then against pressure i don't know that they're ever going to be great because you don't have a mobile quarterback with a patrick mahomes arm but if you could like those are the things i'm looking at i don't really care about like total passing yards or between the 20s like how are you doing in these key benchmark areas so we should almost just like keep a list of these for the thursday you know state of the offense state of the team episode and just keep checking back in with them offensively i feel very good about this this team i mean you are right there's going to be a few games especially on the road where it's going to be interesting to see but I do appreciate the fact that, that it seems like O'Connell, for the most part, if there is an area offensively where they're scuffling or struggling, comes back the next week and improves it. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, um, the the Saints game on, what, third down and red zone, they weren't very good. They came back against the Bears, and that's the team that you played, and were fantastic. So, yeah, my my biggest questions about this team, the 2022 incarnation, is really defensively. Mm. I feel good about w- what they're doing offensively. Um, I think I feel good about special teams. Like, they didn't have a good game on Sunday, but a lot of that is correctable and fixable. Uh, so, yeah, I just come back to the defensive side and if you have the right people in place there yeah uh boys prize picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy you pick between two and five players and over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry you can pick across different sports if you would like to got major league baseball playoffs nfl you got the winter sports coming up here so there's a lot of fun things you can do with mixed sports entries and uh if you want to get a hundred dollars bonus on your first deposit you can enter the promo code north and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. PrizePicks.com and the Prize Picks app. It is a daily fantasy made easy. Um, also, our friends at Finch Home Solutions are making, uh, you know, doing things around the house a little easier than maybe it would be for okay. us, all right. for instance. Okay, first of all, let's cut to the, the chase, all right? The three of us 
especially me, but I think all three of, of us have learned our lesson. Pretty helpful. When it, co- when it comes to do-it-yourself at home, non-starter. Now, when it comes to DIY at, at home with electrical things, okay, do not burn your house down. Sports Dad is going to tell you that right now. Do not burn your, your house down, especially when it's as easy as, as calling my friends at Finch Home Solutions or going to finchhomesolutions.com and having them come out. And right now, a free inspection for Purple Daily listeners. So we're talking about they're going to come out and they're going to look through any questions that you have. And guess what? They're going to assess things and they're going to do it for free. And then you can decide what you want to do from there, finchhomesolutions.com. Finchhomesolutions.com is the place to start. Seriously, folks, don't do it yourself when it comes to electronics in your home, wiring and things like that, out of our league. All right, it's time now for Judd Zolgad to guess. Let's go, baby. Let's do it, baby. All right, let's go get it. The PFF grades. All right. And ordinarily, we do it on a game-by-game basis. We're going to mix it up a little bit here because we talked a lot about the players that did well or not in the games. This is going to be through five games oh. so far. Oh, boy. Bring it on. We'll see how well veteran football scribe yeah. and talking head Judd senses what the uh, the PFF gophers have to say about the Vikings. All right. Okay. So let's All start right. with who do you think the three best offensive players have been this season for the Vikings? Uh, Justin Jefferson is going to be one of them. You know what? I'm going to go to the offensive line. He's number two, by the way. Number, number two. two. Okay. You know what? I'm going to go to the th- – this might not be right, but I just feel like this guy has had a Pro Bowl type of year and deserves some praise. So I think PFF will recognize the play of left tackle Christian Derrissaw. Number one. Christian Derrissaw is Rick. the best Rick, player back. on offense for the Vikings so far, according to PFF. He Rick, has an 82.5 grade out of 100, which I'm is sorry. very, very good. I'm sorry, Rick. You very rarely see players with a 90 overall grade. 90 is like Aaron Donald. You don't. It's not like Madden where there's a 98. Uh, if you see a 90, that guy is like Hall of Fame bound, basically. Wow. Uh, anyone in the 80s is excellent. And Derrissaw is 80.2. Jefferson, 77.1, which is also excellent. Okay. And um, so I've got one. I've got two. Number three. I'm trying to decide if, if it's the... I don't think it's the quarterback because I don't think his like I like what I've seen personally, but I don't know that PFF would back me up on that. Um, could it be another offensive lineman? Because I don't, mm. I, I don't think it's going to be another receiver. I don't think it's going to be Delvin for sure. Um, I don't think it's a tight end. So, and Kirk would be the obvious guess, but that's sort of not fun. I am going to guess another. Offensive lineman. I'm going to guess, but he's been up and down, so I'm probably wrong a little bit. Brian O'Neill. Wow. He did it. Wow. What a performance. It was Brian O'Neill? What a performance. You know, he hasn't been. He's been fine. Well, no, I know, but I mean, grade-wise, PFF, I mean, they can be harsh. Interesting. Well, you you see Brian O'Neill get uh, turnstiled twice in a three-hour game, and it's like, oh, my God, Brian O'Neill, like, he has set a pretty high bar. He also pushes guys for... past the quarterback. He also can run block. I yeah. mean, those tackles are damn good. There's no question about it. Rick Spielman, genius. Amazing. Wow, Judd Zolgat coming in there. What a nice job. Uh, Kirk, your instinct was right on Kirk. He is the fourth ranked. Okay. It was. It's getting better the last few weeks here for sure okay. for him. 
All right, who are, and this is among regular players here, so we're not including, you know, guys that don't have qualified snaps. Uh, who are the three worst players on offense of guys who have at least 100 snaps? So we're going to take, like, C.J. Ham oh. off the board, Jalen Rager off the board. Ingram has to be one of them. He just seems to struggle on a weekly basis, PFF oh. wise. Oh, he's not. He's not. He's the oh. fourth. He's the fourth worst. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And All by right. the way, yep. even at his worst, he yep. is still a very. He's graded out very well in run blocking, struggling in pass protection, but overall, he's been basically a league average guard. But because of his ability to get out in space and block on the okay. Run. All right, good for him. So, and, awesome. and he's only like five, he's five games into his career. I'm glad for so, him. He seems okay. like a good <laughs> Yeah. Okay, um, I'm, I'm going to go um, Irv Smith. Yes. He's the second worst graded player on offense. Uh, you know, Irv just seems to really have a... Jag. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, Jag. He's a Jag. Just, just, yeah, no, you're right. He's a Jag, just a guy. Um, oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is tough. This is tough because I don't feel like a lot of guys on offense have been that bad. Um Unfortunately, he's been up and down. Is my guy uh, Johnny Munt on that list? He's the worst, yeah. Yeah. I feel like 151 snaps. He's the worst graded offensive player. I feel like Zolgad's been exposed for his Johnny Munt fandom. Um, Tough when you drop that pass a couple weeks ago. Two tight ends. Two tight ends. That's not good. He also has, in pass blocking, he has a 29.1 grade out of 100. He is the worst pass blocker on the team when asked to do it. Really? Oh, that's bad. That's He's only been good. asked to do it 17 times, but it's been kind of a train wreck. And I don't know if that includes, like, chipping or if it's I, – I don't know how that is quantified. But whatever he is doing in pass protection, it is not working for him, according to PFF. <laughs> okay, interesting. Uh, and you got one, one left here. Um, okay, so – Are you – what? No, you're not batting 1,000 because you missed on Ingram. Nope, I missed on so This is a pretty impressive it's performance. pretty good. I missed on Ingram. Um – all right, I feel like I'm going to probably get this one wrong. I'm, I, I'm going to take a stab because, again, I think the offense has been pretty solid. Like, I don't think that there's a lot of it, – it strikes me as Garrett Bradbury would not be in the bottom three. Like, he's been solid enough to not be in, in the bottom three. I'm going to go with a guy who hasn't been used a lot, a lot less than we thought, and I think PFF, I'm not sure how they feel about this guy. I'm going to go K.J. Osborne. Hmm. I feel like the umpire needs to check Judd's ears here for a substance. I, I'm, I I'm skeptical. You, you want my ears? I am Buck Showalter. I'm going to go out and check. Is there a, a substance have, behind your, do you? Do you have? Blank. Is this like that poker player, that woman who was accused of of having uh, some sort of system that she cheated some guy out of a hundred thousand dollars? Are you accusing me of being R- Rosie R- Ruiz at the Boston Marathon and taking the <laughs> taking the subway? To the finish line oh, and then crossing. Right. What a performance by Judd. Very impressive. Judd. Six out of seven, basically, right there. So what? So what's up with the Osborne grade then? Because I mean, I I personally don't feel he's been used enough to grade that that poorly. But yeah, I mean, what uh, what kind of questions do you do you have? Do you well, I mean, what to... don't they like? What don't they like? Let me like, dig what deep reflects here poorly on KJ Osborne? Who Let's just I don't go into think... his receiving grades here. So he, um, if they don't hate him, he's just kind of. He, that's the thing. This offense doesn't have like a bunch of train wreck grades. Basically, right. Johnny Munt is like the train wreck grade. Maybe Irv Smith. So, yeah, he has he any drops? He he doesn't have any drops this season. My guess is they just don't love 
the routes that he's running. Maybe he's not getting separation because okay. there's yep. nothing outward. Like he doesn't have like five drops or anything like that. Yep. Um, I hear you. I th- my guess is he's just not really getting open as yep. often as he he would if he were graded higher. Which so. is what makes their their system interesting, intricate. Yep. So there it is. That's Judd guessing the PFF grades. Very impressive. Mm. Um, what are people saying about the Minnesota Vikings? Let's Since this is kind of a ranking Tuesday here, we did our own rankings earlier in the show. Let's see what some of the analytics websites are saying, starting with 538.com, which has the Buffalo Bills as the number one team in the NFL, projected record now of 13-4. and four with a 22% chance to win the Super Bowl. Wow. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. They've got the Kansas City Chiefs as the number two best team in the NFL with a 13% chance to win the Super Bowl, tied with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Eagles are projected at 13-4, and four, Chiefs at 12-5, and five, maybe a tougher schedule there. They've got the Cowboys fourth, Buccaneers fifth, Niners six, Ravens seven, and the Vikings as the eighth best team in the NFL. Projected record of 11-6. and six. 85% chance to make the playoffs, 64% chance to win the division, hmm. 4% chance to win the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and an 8% chance at a first-round bye, which is probably your ticket if you really want to win the Super Bowl. You you probably do need to secure a first-round bye. Yeah, I, I don't like the chance of that one, but that seems fair besides that. Mm-hmm. How how do you even judge this right right now? Like Beyond, again, th- those top three teams, which I totally get. Well, it's, it's how do you judge? This? I, I think they're, they're probably thinking that because you've won four out of five games, it's a math game. It, it's in it's you. You've won four of your first five games. The path to getting to double digit wins is now a lot easier. Yeah. Whether it's they whether it's sustainable or not, the rest of the way. Yeah, whether right. it's sustainable or not. Yes, that's right. up in the air. But that's but, where I come in and say I don't think it is possible. But that's so. that's obviously why. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, this it's Bank it's all state. math. You bank these wins. You bank the wins while you're honing things. This is why it's important to. Like the result in the first month is important. Period. You can't yeah. just well, you know, we're we're two and three, but the offense is coming around. Okay, well, yeah, but now you've got to make up. Now you got to go in nine games in the second part of the season. Mm-hmm. So they they would to get to eleven and six, which would put them in a position I would think to win the division at this point. They just need to go seven and five the rest of the way, and they have six home games remaining, all of which maybe the Dallas game, it's possible they could be underdogs in that Dallas home game if Dallas keeps winning. Yep. And the Giants look like a tougher game now than before and whatnot. But, my God, you're going to be favored in all but, like, three of your remaining games, it looks like. Mm-hmm. So the what they're saying is even if you kind of regress and go 7-5, and five, play, like, just above 500 football, you're still an 11-6 and six football team this year. This makes the uh, the – Ultimate collapse of the 2016 team, e- even more impressive. So they started what six and zero? I think they were six and zero, right? And finished two and eight, or five and zero going into the bye, and then Maybe they lost five. to Philadelphia and okay. went two. And, yeah, five. but but I'm just saying, like this this <sighs> that part of the math game that you guys are talking about makes that collapse like epically brutal. Yeah, all you had to do was this, and they couldn't, and they make the playoffs. On Football Outsiders, they also do projections here and simulations so they have the vikings with 10 and a half wins on average this season simulating the rest of it so i'm gonna round that up or down it's up to you uh they've got the vikings finishing the most likely it looks like the most likely playoff slot is the two seed 
for them. Yeah. No, no buy, but that's still pretty good. With a 57% chance to win the division, an 81% chance to make the playoffs, and, drum roll, a 3% chance to win the Super Bowl. They still kind of love the Jaguars, too. They've got the Jaguars, like, as the that, 10th best team. That division's Interesting. horrible, isn't yeah. it? The South, yeah. Yes, the Makes division's sense. terrible, and the Jaguars' performance against the Texans on Sunday was putrid. Oh. So that's kind of what that's what, that's what the analytics and projection websites are saying, that the Vikings are basically on track as an 11-win team with, yes. like, an 80-plus percent chance to make the playoffs yes. and better than a coin flip chance to win the division now that they're a game up on the Packers and they have a win over the Packers and they are three and zero in the division. All of these things are going to matter in the end. So Fair there enough. you have it. Okay. All right. I'm just going to ce- celebrate my PFF victory right there. <laughs> it's guessing pretty the impressive. Grades. Guessing the grades right up here, folks. Encore. Right up here. Encore. Sharp as a tack at 52, almost 53. Um, why don't you tell the audience too, as you're celebrating your, uh, your PFF victory there, when you're celebrating your weight loss journey over a year into this thing. Oh, that's exactly right. Phil Mackey down 40 pounds. And you know how, because of my friends at Livia weight control centers. And yes, I said weight control. So right now you're saying that's a diet, right? Judd. And I am here to tell you that is a very important distinction. It is not a diet. It is weight control because they help you drop the weight. And then more importantly, they help you keep the weight off. And that is the most important thing. That is the challenge. And right now, if you join your first eight weeks free, that's right. First eight weeks for free. Check it out with their new Flex program. It lets you enjoy the foods you love, fruit, pasta, and even bread. And you, you can, um, if you're in town here, uh, go to their centers. If you're not in town, guess what? Purple Daily people, members from Phoenix, from Los Angeles, from Florida, from all over the country have joined and lost weight with virtual consultations. Here's the starting point. 855-GO-LIVIA, livia.com, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, L-I-V-E-A.com is the starting point to your weight loss and feeling good and fitting back into all those clothes that you've been waiting for a while now and putting it off. Don't put it off, livia.com. Also, a huge thank you to Federated Mutual Insurance Company for, uh, A, helping support us over the years at Score North, Purple Daily, Mackie and Judd but also for supporting business owners out there, not only in the state of Minnesota, but beyond. Uh, They've been around for over 100 years. You can tap into all of their knowledge and expertise as a great guiding hand for businesses. There's a full list of industries that they specialize in over at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right. Let's go, baby. Let's do it, baby. All right, let's go get it. We got Ventline at Surly Brewing Company this coming weekend on Sunday, obviously. And uh, if you missed any of our uh, spinoff shows, you can find them all on the Purple Daily YouTube channel or podcast feed, the Before We Die episode with Jesse and Thor and Ross. You got uh, Declan and Realistic Randy, and also Trenches with Boone is up as of this morning. Just a deep dive, a fun dive into the last 20 minutes of the episode. The first 50 are amazing, too, because he's awesome. But the last 20 is a film review for the YouTube audience, so... Check that out, and we'll see you guys tomorrow for a Write That Down Wednesday on Purple Daily.